So, Matt, did you see in the news where that um, actress stabbed her boyfriend or husband or something like that? No. It was Reese... Um, Witherspoon? No, she used a knife, but what is her name? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I swear to God. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. Good Lord, Matt, it's cold. <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> I laugh like Barney Rubble. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but you know what's funny is uh, when Amanda saw that post, we were driving, mm-hmm. and so I didn't see it. And as soon as she said it, I said, Barney Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the first time. <laughs> well, I, I saw that and I was like, you know, uh, I'm just glad that it's not the Seth Rogen laugh. And, yeah. Oh, my God. I would I would mute your mic every time you laughed if you laughed like Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. But so it, it's it's gotten cold here in yeah. Tennessee. And, cold. and my Texas butt does not like it. Uh-uh. I, it. It was 65 back home today. And we're, we maxed out at what, 35? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not liking it. I, yeah, I had to stop and get gas today. I thought I was going to die. Right. I was like, ugh. Well, you're, you're just lucky. Like I said earlier, I don't have my uh, nightmare before Christmas robe on. Yeah. Again, I know we, we, we've got listeners in places that are getting snow dumped on them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I realize we're big wusses, but yep. we're not used to it down here. Yep. Don't judge us. <laughs> Don't judge us because we're bundled up like a kid from a Christmas story, I'm you know, you. with 15 yeah. layers on. So real quick, we wanted to give a shout out to Lucy. Uh, wanted to thank her for helping us moderate the graveyard there on Facebook. Um, it's a big help to Matt and I because we're not always able to be in there. Right. And talk to you guys and to accept the request to get in and all that stuff so lucy thank you very much we appreciate it yeah so just remember if if you have a problem if you 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 want to ask something if this post will be okay or whatever like that you can always you know tag lucy and uh and get her response um if you can't get adam or myself or amanda or ashley so right and so thank you again lucy we appreciate it um on the note of the social medias is 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 um <laughs> we uh since since we are spread by word of mouth that that's the way people find out about us the most if you guys don't mind would y'all tag us in a tweet in a facebook post something like that tweet at us you know get us what what do the cool kids say at me you know <laughs> okay i i i'd see it i don't <laughs> I'm not sure I'm, I'm using it right. I'm not one of right. the cool kids, no. and apparently I don't know any that I, talk like that. I see it sometimes, <laughs> and I'm curious. I think I'm using it right, but at us, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just, and I have teenagers, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I'm just trying to be cool and live vicariously through people. 
Um, so, Matt, what you got going on? So, I mentioned uh, uh, a couple of shows back that when we were researching the Dybbuk box, mm-hmm. that my browser window, if I had anything about it up, that if I looked away or if I stopped for just a minute or two, it shut everything shut down. Right. Everything shut down. And we got all the comments about, ah, you got to clear your cache and all this other kind of stuff. Okay. I know how to do all that. And I did none of it. And I haven't had a problem since. It has been perfect. And again, I use this thing every single day. Right. And I haven't had a single problem. See, and that's just weird. That, I know. You know. There are certain things like that, like it did it for you with the Dybbuk box. And if you remember back on the Ouija board episode, mm-hmm. when we uh, mentioned, you know, who uh, we yeah. were having um, recording yeah. issues, a lot of technical difficulties with that show. And it's just weird to that whole thing is weird to me. You know, I didn't yeah. have any issues with the Dybbuk box, but, you know, I guess the Ouija board hit my computer and the Dybbuk hit your computer. Yeah, it was strange. And, I, you know, I would have, I thought it was fun to mention it. And I, you know, I really honestly didn't think anything about it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it has corrected itself now that I've not researching that anymore. Right. And I've not had any more problems. It's just really strange. That is weird. You know, and I remember you uh, bringing that up when we were talking one day and it just, I was like, really? Cause I, you know, I thought, well, he's going to keep having that issue. And you yeah, know, that's what I thought too. I was like, I've, I've, I'm eventually going to have to dig into this thing and figure out what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't do anything. Right. I didn't change anything. Didn't update anything. Nothing. It well, just, it's, it's fixed. As you soon did as I something. Thought, you quit looking quit up the looking Dybbuk. up the Dybbuk box. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. So, Back by popular demand, because we've heard a lot about this. That's right. So back by popular demand, why don't we take a quick potty break, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast, and I'm excited to tell you about my brand new podcast called It's Haunted, What Now? It's a podcast that brings you true stories about haunted objects and the owners who unknowingly welcome them into their lives. Join me as I share these creepy, spooky and downright terrifying stories. You can find It's Haunted, What Now? on your favorite podcatcher or at hauntedpod.com. All right, Matt. So what are we talking about tonight? Okay, so tonight's episode is something that Adam and I came across and actually... um. I'd like to thank my buddy Brandon for even bringing this place to my attention at all. And as I looked into it, I found it on a lot of the lists of places that you're not allowed to visit. So if you're a patron of the show, you've probably heard uh, our latest uh, Patreon episode Mm -hmm. about places you're not allowed to visit. Right. Okay. So we purposefully decided to leave this place out because not because we're jerks. No, but because (laughs) it was so interesting and there was a lot more information about it and it's haunted. Right. So not only is it a place you can't visit, it's a place that's haunted. And that is Pavilion Island 
in Italy. Right. Now, Pavilia Island is one of many small islands that dot the Venetian Lagoon in northern Italy. And it sits between Venice and Lido. Lido. I can't. Every time I hear Lido. (laughs) If it even rhymes with Lido, I'm doing that. Yeah, Speedo, Cheetos. (laughs) The island itself is about 17 acres. um, And it has a history that is absolutely full of tragic events going back thousands of years. Some people say when you visit the island... You never come back alive. So, Adam, why don't you give us a little bit of history of this place? All right. And now, you know, I wanted to go there, but not until you said that. I'm questioning <laughs> yeah. it now. Sounds great. Oh, an island in Italy off, yeah. you know, right there, but Venice. Yeah, why not? Great. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to come back. Never mind. Not so fast. So, before I get into it, I just want to let y'all know the timeline you may notice jumps around a little bit by date but we did that you know so that it kind of flowed more coherently for what all happened and so you can kind of get a better judge of stuff so don't hit us on timeline we know we will be jumping around a little bit right um so the first inhabitants that actually came to the island it was in 421 a.d and they did that to escape barbarian hordes that were ravaging venice and they you know it was just really not a peaceful lifestyle that they had on the island they were tormented all the time by these rampaging barbarians they had regular fighting and they were fighting to keep the hordes at bay from the island there were a lot of wars on povilia um, as many of the barbarians still wanted the people who fled there. So it's like they fled there, but we're not going to give, you know, give it we're up. We're not giving up. Right. We're still going to try to come We're, we're coming back at you. Don't care that you've got an island. It's not the island or the land. It's you. You know, we're coming <laughs> after you. Yeah. Yeah. We so. just want you. Right. It's really weird. Um, but in many cases, the Povillians won a lot of these wars. But in 1379, Venice came under attack from the Genoan fleet, and the people of Pavilia moved to, is this, now here, here's my question for anyone in Italy, um, Giudecca, I think is how you pronounce it? I would say, yeah, good enough, Guidi, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going with Giudecca. It looks kind of, so. it starts kind of like Guido. So I was thinking Guideca, or I don't know what the CC is. I don't know. We're going with Judeca. Yeah. Um, but that's another <laughs> island um, in that bay. Um, and the Venetian government built on the island this fortification that's called the Octagon, and it's actually still visible today. Yeah. You can yeah. still see this on that island. Yeah, big eight, eight-sided fort. Right. Pretty cool. Now, during the Roman Empire, and this is the Second Empire, which was between 664 A.D. and 1453 A.D., the island was used to house victims of the plague in order to protect the rest of the country, with, and they forced these inflicted people to live and die in the isolation of this island. Now, Matt, I, I've been putting this off, and I, 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 you know, it, I didn't want to talk about it, but I think now is a good time to bring it up. I think I have the plague. What? Uh, wait, 
Sorry, that's that's just the nose of my plague mask. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, look at this. Look. That Man, that's uh I think that's spaghetti sauce. It, really? Yeah. I uh, Yeah, okay. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little embarrassed now that you brought it that you even brought it up, Matt. So, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Spaghetti sauce. <laughs> I'm plagued with spaghetti sauce. Well, you know, we are talking about an Italian island. Excuse so. <laughs> me. Maybe that's what they're getting had. confused. So there are also rumors that Povilla was used as a base by the English, um, that they used to ambush and slaughter French soldiers during the Napoleonic Wars. And it, it's kind of supported, this claim is, by a lot of French shipwrecks that are still littering the bottom of that lagoon. And it said that French commandos were captured and brought onto the island and ruthlessly burned alive, which kind of adds to the violence that it, you will notice is building on Povilia. Um Hell, it, 17 acres. Oh, it, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's had a history. Let us tell you. It, it, this place has had a history. Like, I'm telling you, if you burn somebody alive... On on a area of property, mm-hmm. it's nothing's good's gonna ever come out of that. No, <laughs> never. No. I I don't care. From here to eternity, nothing good is gonna happen. That that's bad juju that's happened. <laughs> so during the medieval era, when the plague returned, it killed off nearly two thirds of Europe's population. Povilia was again taken as the sick and dying place. Let's yeah. ship everybody off to Povilia and get them off mainland. Yeah. So this will be twice now that we've had plague victims put on the island. The government there is famous for its strict sanitary laws. And so it turns several other islands there in the Venetian lagoon, which included Povilia into these special quarantine stations. And they were referred to as Lazaretos. Um, they started that started in about 1403. Now, these quarantine stations typically used to confine people who displayed symptoms of the plague and they were kind of thought to be ill. Not like my dumb butt who just had spaghetti sauce. But. Well, imagine you got spaghetti sauce. Right. And they go, man, he's got the plague. And you didn't have the plague. Right. But they ship you to the island and now you've got the plague. Right. Because so it's it didn't matter if you made it there. Yeah, I mean, you were if you were put on Povilia, you were going to die. That's right. pretty much a death sentence. And you're right. I mean, if you showed any sign that they took as being a symptom of the plague, you were gone. Yeah. Because they didn't have ways to test like we do now. Yeah. You know, this is 1403. Right. We don't have a way to, you know, swab anything and check it. Yeah. You know, we just look at you and go... You're sick looking. Yeah. You know, and then you're I got, shipped. I got better. Yeah. But no, I got better. And then shipped off to Povilia. So, you know, after they got shipped off there um, and were found to be healthy, they could go on their way after a set time had passed. They would be given a clean bill of health, but this was usually after about 40 days. 
So if it's you long enough for you to get the plane, exactly, you had to not only get a clean bill of health there, but you had to survive 40 days without showing any signs or getting the plague. So yeah, tell me how that would happen. You know, that that's not going to happen. Um, you, you could use my plague mask. Well, that you know, I kind of want a plague mask, so I'll take it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, now, it's in fact that Italian word for 40 days, um, which I'm going to um, totally butcher here, and I apologize. It's quaranta giorni. Uh, from Good which, job. thank you. From which we get the modern term quarantine from. So, if if someone is quarantined, then that comes from the Italian word for forty days because of this event. Um, you had to sit there for forty days and either not die, not get the plague, or uh, you know show symptoms of the plague. Now, for a lot of people, you may not know how the plague is spread. Um, about 75% of the time, it's through a flea bite from where they suck the blood from a plague victim, and then you were bit by that same flea. Um, now, you could get it from person to person, but it had to be in a certain stage of the plague um, because there was a certain point where body fluids or coughing could give you the plague. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it was very tricky. To not, you know, to not get the plague. A lot of these people who dealt with plague victims after they were dead, the reason they didn't get it is because they didn't get the bodily fluids on them. And, you know, the, the person wasn't alive to cough on them and expel any of the plague germs. Right. You know, and, and you know, that's why, you know, I joke about the plague mask, but. Right. I think every, if you don't know what a plague mask is, Google it and look. You've seen it. You'll know you immediately. Just, you just don't know. You you see these these pictures of these you know medieval you know physicians. Mm -hmm. uh, I use that term very loosely. Um, and they've got on these these big round goggly looking things and this mask with this huge long nose. It, right. it looks ridiculous. But they would wear these things because supposedly would put distance between you know their mouth and nose and the person that they're caring for so they wouldn't contract the plague uh, the other theory on that too is that they believed bad smells w is what caused the plague so they would pack herbs into that nose yeah. to try to make smell make it smell better and um i forgot the term for that you can look up the term for it but sorry to interrupt but after we quit recording, I remembered what it was called. It is called the miasma theory of disease. Again, sorry for interrupting. Now let's get back to it. Uh, we have come up with a term for what that's called. Right. Um, where they think bad smells cause illness. Yeah. And I, they do in me. I, I vomit. <laughs> and stomach illness. Um, but. You know, like Matt said, it put a distance between them, and you you'll see a lot of them be carrying a cane or a stick, mm -hmm. and that's for the same reason. Because if they were to check you, they wouldn't touch you with their hands. With they their would stick. they would use their stick to move your clothing or move your arm yeah. or something and look for the buboes, which is a sign of the yeah. plague. And there was a great post. I think somebody posted in the group about the the life of a of a plague doctor. Mm -hmm. You know. 
poke him with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> confirm that he's got the plague. <laughs> right. You know, I, I'm I'm great. The great doctor. I mm-hmm. get a new doctor poking stick, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, medicine back then was not great. <laughs> I got a real fancy poking plague yep. stick. This is my plague stick with my plague mask. But, but you know, uh, you know, it's funny, and it, well, it's turning into plague cast. But, yeah, right. Um, but you know, I think everybody's plague probably heard tales. the story about <laughs> about, <laughs> about uh, you know, ring around the rosy mm-hmm. is about the plague, right? And the pocket full of posies you know, was because of the smell, right? You know, and not that plague victims necessarily smelled. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure they did. It was the 1400s. Everybody smelled. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I say. Everybody smelled. But, you know, a, a decaying body sure smells pretty awful. Right. And they, they would shove these flowers, you know, into their pockets and stuff to try to, you know, cover up the smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I've never met a flower that would cover up the smell of a dying body. No, no. You know, it, not ever. No. I don't. I don't care how bad you stink on a normal basis. A flower is not going to help. No, <laughs> it's going to take more than that. Yeah. Then, then they invented Lysol. Yeah. <laughs> the cure of the plague was Lysol kills ninety nine point nine nine percent of plague bacteria. As the plague continued to grow worse, you can tell we're we've we've come off the tangent now. We're we're back to the show. Um, as the plague continued to grow worse and the death toll mounted. These quarantine stations went from kind of an unpleasant holding facility to, like Matt said, hell's 17 acres. It just hell on earth. And as the plague reached, like, what would quote fever pitch, Mm -hmm. those who exhibited even the slightest symptoms ended up being banished to the island to live out their remaining days. So, like we were joking a little bit ago, if you just showed a slight symptom you were put there and you weren't coming back you you were stuck whether you had it or not or you know getting better or whatever you you were you were banished there now the 17 acre island is said to have hosted over 160,000 infected people who were living out their final days God. That's a lot. 160,000 in 17 acres. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. That is. Not all at once. No. Or let's hope. Let's hope not all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but a-holes and elbows. (laughs) Right. Right. My boss used to tell me that when he wanted us to work faster. Yeah. He goes, I want to see them a-holes and elbows. And I I would bend over and put my elbows up and go, what is this supposed to do? I don't understand. (laughs) So, uh, dead bodies quickly began to overcrowd the island, and thousands and thousands were dumped into large common graves, like you see in a lot of areas where the plague hit. Now, in many cases, the bodies were burned. Um, Some overly cautious Italian communities even got into the habit of shipping away anyone who was, like we said before, slightly ill. So, this meant... Even healthy people were burned. Oh, yeah. You know, you 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 just, you were killed, put in there, done. So a lot of these people were dumped on top of piles of rotting corpses, and you weren't even sick. So, they, I mean, 
I can't even imagine that. You know, you you you're not even you don't even have the plague, and yeah. and they dump you, get a you cold. right? They dump you on an island with thousands of rotting bodies, and you've got to find a place amongst them to go hide or something. You know, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. It's just crazy. So they lived in very squalid conditions, and a lot of them were in a lot of pain, and they lived with the threat of being burned alive all the time. There wasn't really any treatment that any of the plague doctors had. Um, they just usually patrolled the island to see if you were dead, and if you were dead, they'd you know throw you chunk into the pit, you, chunk you in a pit. I mean, that sets you on fire. It's again, just like we were joking earlier, they'd come by, poke you with a stick. And yeah. if you moved, you could live another day. But if you didn't move, you were drug onto a pit. Yeah. And it sounds funny now. Not well, not funny, but funny, strange. But you got to realize they didn't know what they were dealing with. And people no. were just dropping dead. Yeah. They were scared poopless. That's right. I mean, you can imagine, you know. Think what nowadays, if there was something out there that was just causing people to just die and doctors had no idea what it was and they were like, how do we, and it was just spreading. How do we deal with this? Mm -hmm. You know, fortunately we don't really have that. Right. But they did then. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're looking at people just, I mean, people were dying, you know, by the hundreds daily. Yeah. You know, what else are we going to do? Right. You know? I mean, that it sounds it sounds awful and torturous, but these people were scared. Yeah. And fear will make you do some pretty horrible thing. Oh, sure. It, they were at, you know, at their wits end with yeah. it. They didn't they didn't know what else to do um, during the worst outbreak of the plague, which was between 1629 and 1631. There was an estimated 80,000 people who perished. In seven months. So this Venetian Lazaretos earned a reputation for being the just putrid pits of decomposing diseased corpses and just the walking dead. You know, not the TV show, but the, the literal walking dead. Um, so there's a lot of negative energy that has been left in the wakes of the deaths and, and the just nasty conditions and it's even in the island soil povilia island still happens to be home though to a thriving grape vineyard where uh, right now nearly the only people who will dare visit the island are the people who tend to these vineyards now the reason for this is because apparently grapes do really well in ashy soil and it's been tested, and 50% of the island's soil is composed of human ash. Oh, oh man. So if you drink Povilia wine, it has been grown in human ash soil. So I'm not drinking any. No, but think about that. How much, how many bodies would you have to have to make? 50% of the soil in a 17-acre area yeah, be ash. A lot. Because when you're burned alive, you're cremated, you go from 180, 200 pounds down to just a small little pile. So that small little pile, you need a lot of people to turn 50% of that island. And think about how much is not 
completely incinerated. Right. Because they didn't have the ability to get a fire that hot. No. That would actually burn all the bone. Right. You know, so a, a good bit of that soil is human bone. Oh, sure. Sure. And that's just... Recognizable human right. bone. And and I think we talk about it a little more later, but that you see that all the time. You know, you see that all the time there. You may be digging to put a new grapevine in yeah. and you hit a femur. Yeah. You know, because it's everywhere. Now, there was a mental hospital that was open on Povilla Island in 1922. Not a lot of people were surprised by that because it does seem to be the place that you ship people you don't want around. <laughs> that's right. Um, so that really wasn't a surprise, and that's how we treated you know, people back then who had mental disabilities. We just shipped them off to an area. We've talked about it in several episodes. They got rid of them. They got you out of sight. So they would ship these people to the island. But they shipped them over there in droves. And it just kind of, I guess, helped boost the legend of the island as, you know, kind of being a place to avoid. Yeah, same deal. You know, you you act a little sick, we ship you to the island. You act a little weird, we'll ship you to the island. Ship you to the island. (laughs) I mean, then... Taking a trip to the islands never sounded this bad. I'm t- <laughs> yeah, you know? this is this is not going to show up on anybody's cruise itinerary. No, <laughs> no, it won't. Um, We're going to stop by this island that's 50% human ash. Right. What? Right. It's, Can I get my hair braided there? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what, do, do they do those cool henna tattoos? I want a henna tattoo. So the isolation privacy of this island it offered pretty disreputable scientists and doctors the ability to do some things that they wouldn't have been able to get away with elsewhere. Reports of widespread abuse and just heinous experiments began to float back to the mainland, and it brought with them the screams of these tortured souls. Um, Povilia legend tells of a particularly dement. I can't say particularly for some reason. <laughs> There's always something. Yeah. Particularly demented doctor who worked at the island's mental hospital in the early 20th century. His notorious experiments on patients are still kind of freaking people out when they hear about them. Um, he believed that lobotomies were a great way to treat and cure mental illness, which yes, we have a lot of people did. Right, we've talked about that in several episodes from mental institutions. Um, that was the cure, um, usually against their will. Oh yeah, I well, would, I mean, who's going to volunteer? Yeah, I would say ninety nine percent of the time against their will. There's always that you know. one guy. Yeah, yeah, and me next. Yeah, it, Bill. Bill <laughs> steps up. Hey, lobotomize me. Yeah, yeah. come on. L- listen, Billy. Look, no. <laughs> No, you, I, you got problems, but we're not doing this. I'm yeah. sorry. Bill was the one person they turned away, and he probably could have used it. So, um, yeah, if you if you want it, you probably need you it. You probably <laughs> need it, right. So he performed these lobotomies on a lot of patients, um, and they were just, I mean, heinous the way he did well, it. Well, yeah. Um, he used hammers, chisels, and drills. He did not use anesthesia, and there was absolutely no concern for sanitation. So, first of all, 
no sanitation concerns on uh, any anywhere is a bad thing. But you're on an island where plague victims were. Yeah. And you're not concerned with sanitation? I'm sorry, Doc, but, <laughs> you know, well, he didn't care. So it, it's not like, you know, not like he's he lost any sleep over it. That's right. Um, But he apparently saved a lot of his craziest experiments um, for, quote, special patients. And he took these people to the hospital bell tower, which you can still see on the property. Whatever he was doing there, he really didn't tell anybody. But the screams from those people being tortured, you could hear across the entire island. So karma eventually caught up with this doctor. And according to the legend, the the doctor began to suffer his own mental torture and was pursued by the island's multitude of ghosts. You can imagine now, there's a lot. I'm telling you, there's got to be tons. So eventually, the you know, as the story goes, he lost his mind, climbed to the top of the bell tower, and jumped off, falling to his death below. Now, there are a lot of different accounts of his death, though, and some say he may actually have been pushed either by uh, some of his, you know, angry patients or by the the angry spirits mm-hmm. on the island. And there's even a story that says when he landed, he didn't die immediately. Right. That some really creepy mist rose up out of the ground and suffocated him. And, you know, I mean, it could just be myth, but with the bad juju that's there, to quote Scott and Forrest, if you believe any of this at all, (laughs) that would be the place where I could see an entity doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. But amazingly enough, the mental hospital stayed open until 1968. Super. 1968. It's really not that long ago. No. So many believe that the hundreds of thousands of tormented souls that still remain trapped on Pavilion Island, from the massive influx of plague victims who were forced onto the island to those who were tortured at the mental hospital that was once there, a sense of sorrow and suffering continues to permeate the island to this very day. I believe it. You know, people that have actually visited the island. Now, it is illegal to visit the island. Mm -hmm. A lot of people still try. Sure. You know, and, and it has been opened up to, you know, certain paranormal investigators to go out there. Um, But they all will say one thing. As soon as they step foot on that island, they just feel the the darkness. Sure. You know, the weight. You know, just that sorrow and despair. I I mean, I can only How imagine. How could you not? Yeah. Even if it's just in your mind when you're thinking about everything that has taken place there mm-hmm. in such a small area, and, and you just get there, I mean, it's got to be just. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, just so heavy on you. Crazy. Um, in fact, it's even said that you can still hear their screams. So people have been forbidden, like I said, to visit Pavilion Island for decades. Um, but, you know, like I said, people still will sneak out there. Um, 
and and try to go, you know, thrill seekers, amateur paranormal investigators, mm-hmm. whatever. But everyone who goes comes back, you know, a little, uh, you know, shook up. Sure. So one thing that visitors will report is that sensation of being watched. Now, others have reported being scratched or pushed by invisible forces. Now, some of the entities that are supposedly on the island have even been said to to push visitors into walls or chase them down hallways. Man, can you imagine? I mean, you know. Oh, I can imagine. Just be, I mean, <laughs> invisible force pins you against the wall. No kidding. You know, I mean, that we've talked about my sleep paralysis before. That's freaky. But yeah. if you're, you know, walking with some buddies down a hallway and all of a sudden you get slammed into a wall and not able to move. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Give me you out know. now. Yeah. I'm tapping out. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the boat? And leaving my sage and my black tourmaline and running, <laughs> just getting the H out of there. Yeah. So, uh, with a history like that of Pavilion Island, it stands to reason that the spirits of the tortured patients at the mental hospital would join up with the innumerable spirits of plague victims. So visitors to the hospital during its final years of operation, as well as illegal visitors since then, have reported horrible paranormal experiences inside the buildings and on the ground. Well, sure. Yeah. So people report seeing shadows on the walls, moving along with them as they explore You know the, the decaying buildings. And a handful of psychics who have been brought to the island, claim that there is an energy that can only be described as malignant. With the presence of angry spirits lingering there so deeply, frightening psychics. Now, mm-hmm. look, I, I, don't, I don't know that I 100% believe in psychics. Right. I, I believe in people that are sensitive. Mm-hmm. I believe in people getting premonitions. You know, I, all of that, you know, I, I I don't know if I completely buy into 100% psychic ability. Right. But when a psychic gets scared, right, you should be scared. Right. Because even if they're not just 100% on the level, nine times out of ten, they've got some kind of sensitivity to this stuff. Sure. And if they get freaked out... You probably should be freaked out. Right. Because they have dealt with it. They, you <laughs> right. know, it's not new to them. Right. So they've experienced a lot. Because, you know, f- phony balonies, you know, they're in it for the money. Sure. You know, they're trying to, you know, tell you that you're going to be rich and famous or you're going to marry this handsome man or beautiful woman. You're, you're going to, you know, you're going to get a promotion at your job. They, they want to tell you stuff that's going to, you know, your granddad says he loves you, all that, you know. That you know, I'm like whatever. Mm-hmm. But but these people that are literally, they just they have some kind of. I, I hate the term, but it fits six cents. Mm-hmm. You know, they can feel something. They something can communicate with them. Now that I kind of I I kind of buy into. You know, I kind of I kind of get the heebie-jeebies when I'm talking to people, and and we've talked to people sure. that have this ability to just somehow feel that energy or communicate. 
So like I said, when when those people get scared, I get scared. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, and I'm kind of sensitive, too. I can kind of feel some energy, and maybe I feel something a little bit different or off about a certain place. Um, But, you know, I, I'm nowhere near what some of these people that we've met and talked to are able to, to feel. So right. when, when I know if I'm getting the heebie-jeebies, if they're scared, whoop, I'm out, done. And but the psychics that have visited Pavilion have have really been been terrified uh, after their visit there. So with more than a hundred thousand plague victims and mental patients buried on that small island, it's no surprise that human bones continue to wash up on the shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's creepy in and of itself. Understandable though. I mean, with the history, right. but I still I I don't I don't know that I really want to experience it. I don't want to see a jawbone. Oh, look at this shell. Oh, that's somebody's jaw. Right. Uh-huh. You know, I collect skulls and bones and stuff, but if you notice, there are no human bones in my house. A, they're expensive. <laughs> yeah. But B, nine, 90% of the time, an animal skull, skeleton, bone is not going to cause any negative effects on you. Yeah. You know? But if you own a piece of a human, it probably will. They probably Good. don't like that. And if you were on an island and you're picking up bones and all that from humans, it's not a good thing. You know, yeah. there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of bad energy around that, especially yeah. with the way they died. And because of the, the work I do in my education, I have held an actual human skull in my hands mm-hmm. more than a few times. Right. Not I'm creepy. Jealous of that. Yeah, not creepy at all. Because I'm looking at this skull knowing that this belonged to an individual who said, I want my body to be used to educate right. healthcare professionals. Right, exactly. Okay. So I, I know that I'm not I'm not holding anything that has any kind of negativity. To mm-hmm. it. They're fine with it. Yeah. Found human bones, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally <laughs> different. That's, yeah, it's different. That's a different story. For that's sure. That's a different story. <laughs> I don't want to hold any of that. You know, on a walk, if I see a deer skull, raccoon skull, I'm picking it up. Yeah. If I see a human skull, I'm picking up my phone. Yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, fishermen... Even they they don't go near the island because of the fear of pulling up human bones in their fishing mm-hmm. nets. Don't blame so they, them. They they keep their distance. So, you know, as I would too. But there's another part to this sadistic doctor story that's worth mentioning. Okay. Now, the legend says that one way or another, when he fell to his death from the infamous bell tower, maybe he fell or maybe he was pushed. However, some elaborate on the story and claim that the doctor was seized, still alive, by some of his lobotomized patients and bricked up in the wall of the bell tower. Wow. So, I mean, that, that we're kind of, this is two separate legends. You know, mm-hmm. one, he's out of the bell tower, hits the ground. This one actually says that he's still up there. Right. And other versions say, that they just moved him up there after he was dead. Mm-hmm. But either way, locals will claim that the doctor's spirit 
is still in the tower and will be there forever. And that on a quiet night, if you're listening closely, you can hear him ring the tower bell. That would freak you out too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you know people know it's that bell. I mean, I'm sure it's it's Italy. There's probably a lot of bells. Mm-hmm. But that island's close enough to the mainland that if that bell was ringing, you'd be hearing it. Oh, sure. And sure. you know, <laughs> it just kind of gives you chills. I mean, you know, bells are kind of creepy anyway when you hear them. You know, especially just at night, off you know, in the, the distance. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know, to, to hear that bell ring, whoo, yeah, yeah that gets you. So when the mental hospital on Pavilion was finally closed in 1968, the island was sold to a private owner. Somebody wanted to buy this place. Well, you know somebody did. Why not? However, he didn't have it very long because before selling it to another owner. And in both instances, the new owners couldn't bear to spend time there. The atmosphere was heavy and morbid. Strange sounds combined with all the hauntings that had been reported continued. And as a result, the island was left completely abandoned. Mm -hmm. Why you would want to buy that place and then try to live there, I don't understand. Yeah, I was going to say, buy the place, it grows good grapes. You could probably buy it pretty stinking cheap. Yep. You know, here's the plague island and it's for sale. Can you imagine drive by? There's like a Century 21 sign sitting out on that <laughs> <Right>. island. <laughs> and it says not haunted on the on the sign. Not haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Little dude with a gold jacket standing out there yeah. waving at you. Right. Hey, come check out the place. No ghosts. Only 50% human ash. Can right. you believe it? <laughs> Your grapevines will never look better. So now, now years after Pavilion's Island Mental Hospital was shut down, a, a, a family decided to purchase the island, intending to build a private holiday home there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they arrived, got settled in on the first day. On the first day. That night, they were so terrified with the stuff that happened on the island, they left and never went back. Right. Well, yeah. On the first day, even on ghost shows. Well, it all started about a month after we'd lived there. Right. You know, no, first day. Yep. Hey, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Now leave. (laughs) Yeah. Get out. Welcome to my island. I'm never going back. Now get off. (laughs) Look, that island, nobody needs to live there. Hell, I don't even think anybody needs to ever go there. Probably not. Um, the family reported that their daughter's face was nearly ripped off by an, an angry spirit. Yep. No reason to go back. And, you know, um, among the, the numerous reports from illegal visitors is a story of a thrill seeker who went to Pavilion with a group of friends. Now, they entered the abandoned mental hospital. So if I'm going to go and I'm on this creepy ass island. Am I going to go in to the creepy haunted mental hospital? Well, I mean, Can you're already there. It only get worse from here. <laughs> you're already there, though. Why not? You know that the illegal tourists reported a heavy sense of dread descend around them, followed by a deep voice that warned, 
leave immediately and do not return. And they complied. Well, yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me twice. Nope. I'm out. So Pavilia holds the dubious distinction of being listed as one of the world's most illegal places to visit. Even though trespassers know that they could be prosecuted under Italian law, they still try and get out there and set foot on the island. Sure. Because people are weird. You know, and understandably, there are haunted places all over the United States that offer tours that you can go, you can spend the night, they'll leave you alone, whatever. You know, in fact, Adam and I were talking before we started the show tonight about, you know, a place, you know, that that we've always talked about going, um, you know, I I understand. I, I really do. You know, I understand that desire to visit a supposed haunted place and see what happens. Mm-hmm. But it's illegal for a reason. You know, the, the Italian government has made going onto this island illegal for a reason. It, stuff happens there. Mm-hmm. Stuff happened there. And it just doesn't need to be messed with. No, it's for your own safety. That's right. You know. Even in the in the the most normal, regular circumstance, there could be people out there that are looking to do you harm just pretending to be ghosts and scare you. Mm-hmm. So avoid it. You know, worst case, there is some there is truly evil entities on that island that are looking to do you harm the minute you get there. Right. You know, so we don't have to tell you, don't you, you can go ahead and mark this place off your list of places yeah, you right. want to visit. Cause you can't go. Right. You know, you cannot go. And you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're not a patron and you like, stories about places that you're just not allowed to visit you know check out our episode about places that you're not allowed to visit Mm -hmm. uh it is available now um you know for patrons um but it is how we got all the research for this place and like i said there was just too much and it was too creepy uh to not just put it on a regular show Yeah, it's one of those things that you know, spurred us. We'd have other shows planned that we wanted to do. And this popped up and we were like, um, let's move this into the rotation because oh, yeah. we like this. Yeah. So it, it's one of those off the cuff. Oh my God, we got to talk about this. That's right. Thing. So that's right. And so, like I said, the first time I'd ever even heard of this place, my buddy Brandon mentioned it. He said, y'all should really look into this. And, and when I started researching it, and I found the, you know, it was always on the list of the most illegal places to go. So I decided, you know, hey, we, we ought to do this as a as a Patreon episode mm-hmm. because it's just, there's just not enough. And the more I dug, the more I found. And that's that's how you get today's show. And, and you know, we really enjoyed reading and, and finding out about this place, um, you know, because, man, I, it's unreal. Yeah. The stuff that they did. The history of that island is crazy. It's crazy. And one it's of, still just sitting there. You can just walk you could you could walk to the shore and you could see it. Right. 
One of my favorite things about doing this show is finding out the history of places. You know, I, I've been for a long time, I've been just fascinated with history and all that. And places like this are the reason. Yeah. Because just looking at it from the mainland, you just see a cool island that's walled up, you mm-hmm. know, and we'll put pictures of the island on the website. Um, Ashley will put those up so you can see all of those. But, you know, it looks like a really cool place. But then when you dig down into the history of it, it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. So- but if it was not illegal, would y'all go there? Would y'all tempt fate? We right. want to know. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think this is this place has so much negative energy that it's not only one of the most illegal places, but one of the most haunted? Or do you think that it's just it's stuck in everybody's head because of the death and the bones and the human ash and all the legends and stories mm-hmm. that have come out that it just it creeps you out to the point that when you get there, you, you scare yourself. Right. You know, either way, just let us know. Um Thanks for listening, everybody. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I have I mentioned uh, becoming a patron of the show. You can do that at our website at uh, graveyardpodcast.com. Um, you can also find links to buy our merchandise. You can listen to the show, and you can find out more about Adam and myself. Um, go and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook, and we talk about our our amazing Facebook group, get in there. It is so much fun and people are constantly posting um, stories and jokes and memes, you name it. it. I mean, we really have a good time. Well over a thousand members now. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to around 1,400. Yep. Um, so it's a it's a really great place. So, you know, if you click on your, your news feed and you see half a dozen posts from other graveyard members. So get in there and... Uh, and, you know, just have a good time. Um, as always, and I know I beat this like a dead horse, find and rate and review us on iTunes because it's it gets us up the list, uh, not just to make Adam and I feel better. It brings <laughs> more people into the graveyard. It's how we're found. Mm-hmm. Um, that and word of mouth, you know. So if you've got friends that are into this same kind of stuff and they haven't listened to the show, Turn them on to it. Yeah, so. force them. Like hold them down and start yeah. playing the thing. <laughs> you know, if you got to strap them to a I'm chair. I'm trying to lobotomize you with these headphones yeah. and graveyard tales. Either listen to this or get the ice pick. <laughs> so, as always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we will save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Mm-hmm.